God bless everyone. Hallelujah. I have to say, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Hello, my name is uh, Henry Falcone from Flame of Fire Kingdom Awakening Messages, one of God's American Eagles. There are many of you, us out there that are seeking the face of the Lord. It is such a pleasure to be with you this morning. Praise God. I just want to make sure I'm on Facebook like I always do, make sure everything's working correctly. Let's see. Hopefully we're on Facebook and YouTube. And let's see. Yep, there we are. Beautiful. Okay. This way I have to say this. This way I can watch on uh, and all the uh, comments. Good morning, Patricia. God bless you. Our sister from Canada. Amen. I don't know who else is on, but God bless you. Please sign in. Let us know uh, who you are and where you're from. It's a blessing to be here with you today. On the last day of this week, on this new series about the arising Joel's army, the arising sons of God. And we have been sharing since probably 2020, but especially last year, 2021, about entering into the glory realm of the Lord and what that means and what his glory is doing in this divine intervention of God. So it is such a blessing to be here with you. So let's just pray this morning. And Lord, we just bless you. We honor you. Lord, in weakness, you are surely strong. Lord, as you've been sharing with me as I woke up this morning, that your mercies I knew every morning, Lord. We thank you for your steadfast love and your mercy, Lord. It is absolutely true. Apart from you, we can do nothing. We are absolutely dependent upon you to breathe, to live, to move, to walk, Lord, in every area of our life. We surrender, Lord Jesus, to your headship. And Lord, I thank you that we come before you only because of your blood, of your righteousness. Ours is but like a filthy rag. And we stand before you only because of you, what you've done for us. And I thank you, Lord, that because of your blood and your body that you gave and your life that you gave for us, we've been disconnected from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And you've reconnected us to the tree of life. So this morning, Lord, we pray. Lord, we hear you, but we need to hear you better. We see you, but we must see you better. We know you, but we must know you better. We're hungry for you, Lord, to know you more, to be intimate with you more, to be one with you more. We ask you, Lord, to come and with a spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning to burn out everything in our life that is not pleasing to you, that's not of your kingdom. Lord, let your pure holy love purify us and set us apart today, Lord for that deeper purposes that you have in store for us for these end times. Lord Jesus, you said to the devil, when the prince of this world comes, he finds no place in me. And we pray that's exactly what you're doing in us, Lord, that you'll find no place in us because you're bringing us forth as a glorious church without spot, without blemish, without wrinkle. And Lord, we can't do it, but we trust you to do it. Knowing that in Philippians chapter one, you said, Lord, you, Lord that, that you, who started this good work in us, will be faithful to complete it in us, even to the day of Christ. And that's where we are, that you'll complete us, that you'll finish us. And that's why we're doing this broadcast for your finishing work to become manifested in our lives. And we look to you, Lord, to manifest your presence, Lord. Your finishing work, your third day work to consume us like fire today, Lord, and remove every spot, blemish and wrinkle, every place, every scar, Lord, until there's nothing left 
but your pure holy love and your full life being lived in our life. And we pray today, Lord, that our life would become the reflection of your life, Lord. So we pray that our life would become the reflection of your life in every area, Lord. And Lord, you know the areas that are not finished yet. And we give you permission to come into those unfinished areas and finish it, Lord, as you create in us a clean heart. And you renew a, re a right and steadfast spirit within us, Lord, that we can honor you with our lives, that we can present our bodies as living sacrifices to you, Lord, which is our, which is our holy, Lord, uh, which is our reasonable worship, holy and blameless before you. So, Lord, I ask you to do exceedingly above all that we could ask or think today, Lord. And, Lord, I pray that you would manifest your presence in our midst, that we would see you, that we would hear you, we would know you. And that today, God, that you have given me the tongue of the learned, that I may know how to speak a word and season to them that are weary. Lord, I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for your glory. I thank you for who you are. We love you, Lord. We love you. Lord, we're not here to seek your hand, but we come to seek your face, to hear your heartbeat, that you would show to us the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom. So, Lord, I thank you. I praise you, Father, and I give you the glory right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Donetta, God bless you this morning. Praise his holy name. Hallelujah. I want to start this morning uh, with from Matthew chapter 13. And I just want to share something from the Amplified Version of what this broadcast is about. I said to you yesterday, there's the kingdom of God message. And there are fivefold ministers outside the camp that are ministering from the kingdom of God reality, the third day reality. And then there's the majority that's still in the church age, in the second day church. And their words and their messages are completely different than those that are who have entered into that third day kingdom age reality. Completely different. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so the message is different. And those of you that God is drawing out of the second day church age and have entered into the third day and you've been tasting it of the kingdom age and the kingdom of God is becoming a reality to you. You can see the separation. It's not that, that you're better than anyone else, but there's a separation because you're entering into the more of God. You desire the more of God. You desire the finishing work of Jesus to be completed. How many of you can say that you can feel that scripture coming alive, that you can feel the corruptible crying out to put on the incorruptible? that's exactly what's happening we want to put off this body to take on the new one and that's why you know if any man be in christ he's a new creation old things must pass away all things become new and it, the lord told me that everything is going to be new in 2020 2022 and i see it happening you know i wish it happened a little faster but that's where i have to be patient with the lord how about you <laughs> amen but you see you know, so there's two different words and two different messages. See, the, the church age message is, you know, is I have Jesus. The kingdom message is Jesus has me. The church age message is that you need to be saved. And, and the kingdom message is that you need to be prepared. Two different messages. I spoke about it. I've talked about it for the last couple of years, but it's really true. You have to understand that the church age message has one message. The kingdom age message has a higher message a completed message, a fullness message. And that's why I'm, the Lord asked me to do these broadcasts, to, to be able to lay that glory roadmap before us as I'm learning it. I haven't arrived, beloved. I haven't even come close to arriving, you know? 
but I, you know, I, and God's still working in me. You know, I, I would be telling, I wouldn't be telling you the truth if I said I was finished. I'm not, but I'm maturing. I pray I'm maturing as a son of God, coming into the fullness of that maturity of, of the Lord Jesus's life to live fully in me. And that's what I want. I believe that's what you want. You want him to be seen, glorified within you. And Jesus has come in this day, 2 Thessalonians 1.10, to do that work that he might be seen, right? That he might be seen in you. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. And so to those of you that have an ear to hear, if you notice all through the book of Revelation, it says to he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit of God says. And the Lord says that throughout the Bible, you know, but one of the most important things is that if you're listening to this broadcast and God has done this work and you've been separated and you've come out of that church age structure and understanding in your heart and your mind, you may still attend a, a, a church, you know, for the fellowship, but, but in your heart and your mind and spirit, You've, you've come into a deeper and a new place. And many of you have left that church structure because you just couldn't find the life in there. God is speaking to you in a different way. And this is seen really clearly in Matthew chapter 13. We know that in chapter 13, Jesus begins to share with them the parable of the sower. But I want to tell you, I want you to hear today the answer that Jesus says to his disciples to their question, because that's what this broadcast is all about and why we're here and why God is showing us what he's going to do, what is needed, what heart position, what does God's work have to be done within us so that we can be containers to be filled with that glory that's arising from Isaiah chapter 60. Now it says here, um, in verse 10, it says, the disciples came to him and said, why do you speak to them in parables? Now, notice that they say, why, notice that he said, why don't, why, why, why do you speak to us in parables? But they noticed that when he was speaking to the multitudes, he spoke differently. Amen. It says, it says, why do you speak to them in parables? And this is really important. And I would, this is a good underlining scripture to remember to you. He's speaking to his disciples. He's speaking to you that have come out of the church age, come out of the church structure and have been set apart for the Lord. And now the Lord is going to bring that remnant set apart people that have come out of the church age structure to begin to be formed together as a wheel within a wheel. We're not going to be lone rangers. We're not going to be alone anymore. There's an actual functioning of the kingdom of God that must come in a multi-membered, full-grown body of Christ that we've got to do together. There's always intention for us to do it together as, a, as one body connected to one full-grown head. And Jesus has been waiting 2,000 years for that full-grown head to be connected to a full-grown, mature body of sons and daughters of God. So that what? So that he can function in us and with us and we can preach the gospel of the kingdom as a witness, which means the testimony of Jesus will be seen in us with the signs and wonders and miracles and much more. The glory of God will be seen upon us, risen upon us, and they will know that we're his disciples by the love that we have one for another. All of that is contained in God's glory. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Good morning, Loretta. Good morning, Eva. Good morning, Danetta, Pat, all of you that are joining. It's so good to have you on the broadcast this morning. But he said to you, remember, they ask, why do you speak to them in parables? He could have said, he could have just went right to them and said, I speak to them in parables because, and he does explain it. 
But I want you to notice the, what he does. Their question is, why do you speak them, speak to them in parables? But his answer is, why do I speak to you this way? And that's exactly what we're doing on this broadcast. Why is God speaking to you this way? And here's the answer, beloved. It says, to you, it has been given. Wow, I'm getting chills as I say it. To you, it has been given to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. To you, my beloved brothers and sisters of Christ that are watching this broadcast. Those of you that have understood that God has brought us out of the church age wineskin and brought us now into a kingdom age wineskin that, that recognize the day has changed. The prophetic day has changed. A day is like a thousand years and a thousand uh, years is like a day, it says in first period. So we know we've gone through two prophetic days, 2000 years, and we've entered into the third millennium, okay, or the third thousand year days, which is a completely different day with a completely different function, a completely different focus. Most of the church has not transitioned out of the church age of the first 2000 years into the third day. They don't even know there's a third day. That's why God is speaking it to you so that you can bring others out of that second day into the third day. Praise God. It says, to you, it has been given to know. To you, it has been given to know. So that as we lift up our hands and we begin to open up the door, we hear Jesus is knocking 320 and we say, come in, Lord Jesus, and sup with me. When we let him in, what do we feed him with? We've invited him for dinner. We give him our pure worship, our love, the totality of our being. And we wash his feet with our tears and we dry them with our hair like Mary did. And we pour out that alabaster box of oil upon him. And he becomes our first love, our first passion. And we live only for him and him we live and move our being. That positions us and places us in a position to receive what Jesus is saying here in Matthew chapter 13, verse 11. It says, to you, it has been given to know. It has been given to know. So those of you that are watching this broadcast to this morning, God has given to you to know what? The secrets and the mysteries, the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom. But to them, it has not been given. And we'll talk about it in that in a minute. But I want to go over to here where he says, to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the secrets in the mysteries. Revelation chapter one through five is where God begins to unfold the secrets and the mysteries of his end time kingdom work. It is so new that John Beloved on the Lord's day has to be caught up in the spirit into a new place, into the second heaven realm here in the spirit, caught up where Jesus comes and he meets him in the air to reveal himself in a brand new way. Why? Because John is about, John the Revelator is going to receive what? The secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom that must be written down and unfolded. So when we spend our quality time with God and we wait on him, and this is your heart's position and you're allowing God's work into you, you can expect God to begin to show you. See, it's been given to you to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom for your life. See, that's the important part for your life, for your family, for your church, for your ministry. God does not want this day this end time day to come upon you unaware, nor does he want it to come upon you as a thief in the night. He wants you to know what he's doing. Do you remember what Jesus said at the last supper? He looked at his disciples and said, I no longer call you servants. Why? Because it's a change of day. 
The servants still exist in the church age. Our function is to work for God. But in the kingdom age, we're not working for the Lord. We're not living for the Lord, which is what the church age is. We're now living with the Lord and we're working with the Lord as one. And as one, he wants to show you the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom of God. That's the beauty of what God is doing in this divine, this prophetic vision for our day. Amen. Just to you, it has been given to know the secrets and the mysteries. So God is trying to prepare people, position the people to be able to be filled with the glory of God. And the glory of God releases the secrets and the mysteries, the thoughts and the plans that God has for you in this moment and every moment of your life. Psalm 32, 8 says, I, the Lord God, will teach you and instruct you in the way that you should go and guide you with my own eye. That is the glory realm of God, that where God wants to begin to unfold to you the, the steps that he wants you to walk in, the steps of a righteous man are what ordered of the Lord. And that's why Proverbs 3, uh, uh, 4 and 5 say, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. This is what we're learning. This is what it means to acknowledge him. All your ways to acknowledge him. And then he will what? Direct your path. Thy word is a light unto my feet and a, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So that thy word, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds what from the mouth of God. So listen to what Jesus says to you. It has been given to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom, but to them it has not been given. What was the question? Why do you speak to them in parables? See, he's speaking. But when the Lord answers a question, he bypasses that, that question first and speaks directly to them. And he's speaking directly to you today. He, said, he says to them, but to you, it has been given. That's what these broadcasts are for. That's what I hope that you're receiving in these broadcasts. That's because that's what I'm receiving. To you, it has been given. See, what a, that's a position, beloved. And notice there's two sets, there's two positions. One that you can receive, right? To know the secrets of missing mysteries in the kingdom and another position where you where you can't i want to be in the company of the youths i don't want to be a them do you want to be a you or do you want to be a them i want to be a you to you it's been given see got that see it's been given write down the things that i show you write down john write down everything i'm about to show you and give it to the seven churches to john he's the first overcomer he's the first full-grown son he's the first picture of an overcomer a full-grown son of God, a bride of the Lord, and what it looks like to be an overcomer. Because to him, it was given. Not, not all the other apostles were either dead or, you know, or somewhere else. But God chose John as a sign, the one that Jesus loved, the one that, that put his head upon Jesus' breast. John's relationship with Jesus was such a deep, intimate love relationship. Not that he didn't have it with the other ones but there was a special relationship that they were jealous of. And they, they said, why is he speaking to John that way? Why did he say that? He says, what is, it, what is it to you if I said that to him, if I want him to live forever? Who did Jesus entrust his mother to? John, to take care of her. Because of the intimate bonding of intimate love, God chose John. John chose Jesus to have this abiding relationship in a very intimate way. And Jesus chose him you know, to be the first overcomer. Remember, Jesus fed 5,000. Out of the 5,500, 
were called for the day of Pentecost. Out of the 500, only 120 stayed. Out of the 120, there was 12 disciples. Out of the 12, there was three that went up to the mountain of the Lord. And out of the three, there was one. John is the first type of overcomer because he's positioned to see and hear in the realm of God's glory. Everything he receives from God comes in that glory realm and God shows him what the things that are to come. He says in Revelation chapter four, that he calls John even to a higher place from the second heaven to the third heaven. He meets John in the second heaven and reveals himself as the Alpha and the Omega. And he gives him the instructions for the church, for the seven churches, which represents a whole church age of what they need to do to be positioned for God's end times purposes. There's three key words that come in Revelations chapter two and three. It's repent, change, and overcome. And if you overcome, you become a pillar in the temple of God. If you overcome, you get to eat from the tree of life that's in the midst of God. If you overcome, you get to eat the hidden manna. If you overcome, you're able to be seated with Jesus on his throne, even as he sat down on the throne. And if you overcome, you're able to rule over the nations with an iron a rod of iron, which is the word of God coming out of your mouth. Every one of those overcoming qualities are the nature of what the full-grown son and daughter of God are supposed to have. John has those. And because he has those worked within him, he's now brought up into a new spiritual position where he can what? What Jesus says to you, John, it will be given. Okay. The secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom. That's why it's so important that we see that the, the church, the church age is, 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 the church age is about getting people saved. The kingdom age is about overcoming completely different focus and completely different focus and purpose. It's about overcoming. It's about positioning. It's about preparation. So the message of the kingdom is quite different than the message of the church age, which is salvation. Both were needed. I'm not, I'm not decrying that. If we didn't, if we didn't have the message of the gospel from the church, age, none of us would be here right now. So we thank God for that. But we've gone, but we've gone on beyond that now into a realm. And we're about to be filled with the glory of God to a fuller measure with the, that the perusia, the surrounding glory, like it did with Adam in the garden. That Shekinah glory is being restored to us so that as Jesus walked in the world, we can. It says, as he was in the world, so are we. He was surrounded by the Father's glory. He was surrounded in glory. He was filled with glory. And he, he, he completed his work for three and a half years. And now he's going to complete that work, call it another prophetic three and a half years. Okay through a multi-membered mature sons of God, the Johns that have a position. Remember, John is the first type of an overcomer. And, and what that means to you, is this helping you this morning? To you, it has been given. Why? Because you have placed yourself in a position that you have desired Jesus to come in to sup with you. And as you give him your pure worship, as you give him the totality of his, of his being, he comes and he gives you his glory. He reveals the secrets and the mysteries and he takes you up to a higher place into a higher realm of seeing, hearing and understanding. That's why it's so critical that we spend quality time each day with the Lord. We must spend quality time in the presence of the Lord. We got to start our day that way. Spending time, being still, listening, you know, not giving the Lord our laundry list or being too busy and just jumping into work. I find my, yeah, that's something that I, I, I had to, overcome with and still have to overcome with because even with the divine convergences there's a lot of works there's a lot of meetings but I, I was saying to the lord i'm too busy right now lord and i'm, I'm going to talk to my administrators later i said i'm cutting down i, I listen these things are important but i need this is not going to work 
I'm going to need other people to do these things for me because I need to stay close to God more, more, more. I, I feel that drawing to the Lord. And if I start getting too busy, doing too much, the Holy Spirit begins to check me and says, no, stop. And if I, I, if I don't have another meeting, so be it. If I don't do another thing except get to the convergence and be here with the Lord alone, I, I, that's it. doesn't matter. God, you'll figure it out. You already know it already. We'll figure it out as we go because God already has a plan for us. Now, yes, God is helping us to plan, but I'm not going to let the planning process or the things of life consume me away from my relationship with the Lord. I would rather not do a thing. I'd rather have God give this to somebody else if it meant not being with him and knowing him. That's how valuable he is to me. And I hope that's how valuable he is to you. His presence is everything. Where can we go without the presence of the Lord in us, manifesting in us, teaching us, guiding us and leading us? We can't go nowhere or anywhere for that matter. And that's why we have a church today and church leaders today that are building so void of God's glory, so void of the presence of God. They are only looking for the presence of God to work instead of the presence of God to fill so that they can become sons and daughters of God. And so you see, there are those that love working for the Lord. There are those that are going to stay in the church age and they're not going to be able to hear the message of the kingdom. Remember what Jesus said, unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Yeah, nor can we hear it. So this is really important, beloved, that as we move forward in our walk, in our walk in life with God, we can't get consumed with life and time because that will block our ears and block our hearts and block our eyes from seeing. We must give God what belongs to God. Give to the Lord what belongs to the Lord and give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, right? But we're in, for those of you just joining, God bless you, Gloria. Thank you for joining. It says, and he replied to them, to you it has been given to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. That's what this broadcast is all about. God wants to give you the secrets and mysteries. What are those secrets and mysteries? It's his thoughts and plans for you. What is God? What are God's present desires for you? What is God's present desires for your family, for your husband, for your children, for your grandchildren, your work, your church and ministry? If you don't seek that and you don't seek him to worship and love him, you'll never be in a place where he can show you or teach you the new that he's desiring, the present word of the Lord. We got the church living in yesterday's word. And we got those that are that, that are going off the other end that are looking for the future and they miss the present today. Today, faith is. Today, if you hear his voice, today, the Holy Spirit says, there is a present word for you today. There's a present instructions for you today. There are present plans for you today that you must know, that you must know for your life, if your husband, for your wife, for your wife, for your husband, for your children, for your grandchildren, your churches, and your, and your ministries. It's a present word. And that's why in Proverbs 8, 17, the Lord says, I love them that love me. And those who diligently seek me shall find, shall find me. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith it's impossible to please God. But he that cometh to God must, be, must believe that he is. And he's a, what? a rewarder of them that seek him. When Jesus was in the desert, the first temptation, he was hungry after fasting 40 days. And Satan says, if you be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. And Jesus said this. He said, man shall not live 
by, by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God is continually speaking. He was, the Bible says in Genesis chapter two that God walked with Adam and Eve. That walk means he was speaking with them. He was giving them a continuous present word and intimacy. And we know that they fell, but God's plan was to clothe them, made a, a animal had to die, he covered them, but he wanted to continue to walk in fellowship with his creation. So he walked with Adam, right? Then he walked with Noah. He wa walked with Enoch. He walked with Abraham. It says e Enoch walked with God 365 years. And God took him. He was and he was not because he walked in continual communion. So God has been walking through history all the way up to this present day. And he's always been speaking a present word, the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom. And so if we go to church Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, and we get the same messages of how to be good people, how to reach the lost, how to do all those things, we're not really learning the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom for today. What is God's word for us today? What is God saying to his people today? And we're not teaching people how to hear, how to position themselves, how to wait on the Lord, to hear God's voice, and then to discern it, and then, and then have seasoned fathers and mothers of the Lord that can discern to make sure the young ones are hearing accurately. That's why we have to come into maturity so that we can teach the younger ones how to hear God correctly, not to go off in the ozone, like some people I've known. You know, I've had prophets and pastors tell me about their prophets and intercessors. And they said, oh, yeah, we see oranges falling from the sky and angels and doing this and doing that. And we saw this and, and you know, and they're and, and, and they're praying for me and they're saying, here it is. And, and, and the pastor said, why are you bringing this to me? What does this mean? They said, I don't know. Well, why don't you go find out if it's from God? Why don't you get some real information? Get what those things mean. And then if they really mean something and you're thinking that I need to know it, then tell me. Don't go out in the ozone. So there's, a, there's those that don't hear anything and those that are out in the ozone. We need to come right where God is in the present word of the Lord. And, he's, and, he, and he has a clear speaking word to you today. Don't get caught up in the ozone. Even those of you that know the Lord. When I say that ozone, you're getting things that, 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 you know, that may look like God, sound like God, but if the, you don't get clarity of those things and understanding of those things and be able to apply those things, then many of that stuff that you think may be the Lord is not the Lord. And you have no one that you're bouncing them off of or testing them or prove them. It says the spirit of prophecy, the spirit of prophecy is subject to the prophets for a reason. It says test it, prove it, because you can miss it in the prophetic. Now, as we enter into the spirit prophecy realm, as we enter into that glory realm, I don't believe we'll be missing it very, we won't be, because it won't be us. We'll be so in tune with the Lord that we won't miss it. It's not that we can't miss it, but we'll be, because we'd be so one with the Lord, we won't. Not because of us, that we can't make a mistake. It's because Christ in us doesn't make a mistake. But as we're learning in the prophetic to hear and discern, it has to be discerned. It has to be tested, has to be proven. And so, but Jesus is speaking to a group of people, to his disciples who are called to hear him. And do you remember what he said to them at that last supper? I don't know if I ever finished it. He said, you know, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. What's the difference between servant and friendship? He says, servants do not know what their master's doing. Come up here, Revelation chapter 4, 1. 
There's a door standing open in heaven. Come up here, John, so I can show you the things which will come hereafter. I want you to know what I'm doing now and to come so that you'll be prepared, positioned, and be ready to be propelled with glory. So we have to ask ourselves a question. Are we sitting with the Lord long enough? Are we seeking his face? And are we waiting for the Lord to reveal his thoughts and plans as Jeremiah 29, 11 says? God's thoughts are his desires for us. God's plans are how to make that happen. We need both. We need his thoughts and we need his plans. And in that, this is what he's saying to them. To you, it has been given to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom. That's not an eerie thing. That's not like, ooh, you know, it's nothing like that. Don't get super spiritual on me. <laughs> and we can't get super spiritual on the Lord because some people try to get super spiritual. You know what I'm talking about? You've probably seen them. Those are the ones that get deceived so easily. And that's why many of the church won't receive the prophetic and the apostolic because of these call them flakes or whatever you want to call them. I'm not trying to call them names, but they get out there because they're not under authority, under God's authority, or are they submitted to another that can test and prove what they're hearing from the Lord? As long as I've been able to walk in the prophetic, even when I give a word, God allows me by the grace of God to give to give words to pastors, apostles, and prophets as, as, he, as he does, and they give words to me. But I always write, please test this. Please prove it. You know why? Because they need to discern the accuracy of what I'm hearing. And I've been blessed. They said that is so spot on. It's been point on. And because of, uh, by the grace of God, I am able to hear, they begin to trust what God has given me. But even though I've done it, I don't trust myself. I trust the Lord. I want God to test and prove it. And when it's presented to others, I say, brother, discern this. Sister, please pray over this. I may be 100% confident it is the Lord's. But I am not going to take that and put that on somebody else. Let them test it. Never take anyone's right away to test what you hear from God. Never. God doesn't take it away from you. And you as a person don't have a right to take away their ability to discern what you're saying. That is a God-given right to test and prove all things and prophecy. The spirit of God is to bear witness with the spirit of God. You cannot take that right away from anyone. They have the right. I don't care how much you know it's God. They have that right to discern it forever. Forever. Do you hear me, everyone out there? This is a real, I'm not getting a whole lot of amens right at the moment. <laughs> but that's okay. Now, I know you're hearing. I'm just fooling around. It has to be tested and proven. I want it that way. It says, let every word of God be established out of the mouth of two or three witnesses for a reason. Once you have that in your heart, that heart position that you want to hear God, you're willing to have it tested and proven by God for its accuracy. Because if it's God, it's going to come to pass. And then there's safety in the multitude of counselors. Once you have that in your heart, God gives you a deeper authority to be able to speak where others will say, yep, that's the Lord. Yep, that's the Lord. Yep, that's the Lord. And it's in that then you're positioned to hear deeper things of God. Not ozone things of the enemy that wants to paint its picture like God. But the real secrets and the mystery. What John sees, what Ezekiel sees, what others see, what Isaiah saw. Okay, they were the realm of God's glory. Isaiah went into the, you know, into the glory realm. He said in the year, Isaiah chapter 6, in the year that King Uzziah died. Now Uzziah, Uzziah brought revival. 
to Israel and brought them back to God. And he was heartbroken that Uzziah wasn't anymore. But in the year that Uzziah died, he said, I saw the Lord personally. And he was what high and lifted up and his glory filled the temple. And then he hears a conversation between the Lord. Who am I going to send? Okay, right. Who will go for me? But when he comes into that presence of the Lord, into that glory, what he says, I'm undone. He falls on his face like a dead man. I, I'm a man of unclean lips in the midst of a people of unclean lips. So he sees his real spiritual position. Of course, the Lord comes and touches him. John falls like on his face as a dead man because he's looking up into the king of glory who has eyes like fire, hair as white as snow. His face is burning like the noonday sun. He's got seven stars in his hand. He's got a white robe and a gold sash around, his, around him and his feet are burning like brass. He's never seen Jesus like that. And he falls on his face like a dead man. And Jesus has to say, it's me. I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. See, I'm the one who died and rose again. He, he had to tell John who he was because John didn't recognize him. You see, John was being positioned to see Jesus in his glory, the glory that Jesus had before the foundation of the world. Jesus prayed for that for us in John 17. Father, I pray that those that you had given me would see me in the glory that I had before the foundation of the world. As an overcomer, that's what you get to see. The, as an overcomer, you see the glory that Jesus had before the foundation of the world. You see him as the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end. You see him as the lamb and the lion. You see him in the fullness of who he is. And what does it say? When we see him, we shall be what? Like him. So as we see him, as we experience him, as he reveals himself, we are now being positioned, listen what it says here, for you to be given to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom. Where are they found? Revelation chapter four, verse one. John hears that voice like a war, trump, war trumpet calling up to him. And he says, come up here so that I can show you the things hereafter. And then he does. And immediately I saw a throne and one seated on the throne. And then he gets to see the activity of heaven. That's where we're going. All that John sees as the first overcomer of that activity in Revelation 4 is happening right now to all those that are diligently seeking the Lord. That's where God is bringing us to, up here so that we can see, up here that we can hear, up here we can understand. And that takes a divine intervention of God, a parousia, a coming of the Lord, for us to meet him where? In the air. We meet him in the air in the second heaven first. Why? So that he can remove every spot, blemish, and wrinkle. The man child is immediately caught up into the air. Well, the dragon is ready to devour it. But when that man child's birth, it's immediately caught up into the heavens. And then he's immediately called up to the throne. And you know what happens when that happens? A war breaks out. When that man child company of people comes up into that second heaven, immediately a war breaks out, right? And Michael, the archangel, is released to fight against Satan and the enemies to clear out the second heavens. That second heavens belonged to Adam and Eve when, the, when, when they were made in the garden. They ruled in the air and they ruled on the ground. And when that war breaks out, you know what happens? It's a blessed be. Let me just read it to you so that you can hear it. I don't want to just paraphrase it. I want you to hear it. A war breaks out and it breaks out for a reason. Because it speaks of the end time finishing work of the Lord. Revelation chapter 12. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I'm going to be in verse 5. And when she brought forth a man child, 
who is destined, look, it's a shepherd and rule the nation with an iron staff. You'll find that over in Revelation chapter two, when he's uh, uh, two or three, one of them, I can't remember right, right offhand, where, where they're overcoming Jezebel. They're given, I think it's three, but you know, um, where they get, they are given, let me just check. I don't want to guess, sorry. I think it's quoting up here. I think it's two. Yeah. Yep, it is. I was right. Revelation chapter two, verse 20. Thank you. Now going back to Revelation chapter 12. It says, it says, and, and she brought forth a man child who is destined, notice, to rule all the nations with an iron rod. That iron rod is a word of God out of your mouth. And she and and was caught up to God and 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 then and to his throne. Caught up to God here in the heavens, in the second heavens, and then to the throne. That's the position. And when that happens, I want you to skip down to verse seven. That then war broke out in heaven, and Michael and his angels went forth to battle the dragon, and the dragon and his angels. But they were defeated. Why? Because there was no room found for them in heaven any longer. What heavens? They're not in the throne room. They're in the second heavens. There's no room for them. And this huge dragon was cast down and out, the age-old serpent who was called the devil and Satan. And he is the seducer of all humanity the world over. He was forced down to the earth. Why? As a man-child takes that space, he's forced down. See, that's displacement. Everything that's displaced has to be replaced. So as the powers and principalities and the rule and the God of this, the God that's the, the God of this world that rules in the second heaven is cast down to where we are right now. And the man child is caught up into that heavenly realm. And what does that mean? Now, in that spiritual position of God's glory, where are our feet? In the heavenlies. And what's under our feet? That's right. You got it. Now they're under Jesus' feet to be completely defeated. And that's what you see right here. It says, and that huge dragon was cast out and he was forced out down to the earth and his angels were flung along with it. And then I heard a strong voice in heaven saying, now comes salvation. Okay, the full salvation. Listen to the testimony, beloved. Listen, this is glorious. I hope this is getting you excited because this is what's manifesting in all of you that are seeking the Lord, separated unto God, burned your ships of your past life, given the Lord the totality of your being and are being prepared, positioned and ready to be filled with this glory. Listen to what he says there. Salvation and not just salvation. I want you to hear what it says there. Salvation. I want to put my marker here so I don't lose it. Salvation. And this is really, really powerful. And the power and sovereignty and authority and dominion of his Christ. the Messiah, for the accuser of our brethren, who he brings before our God charges against them day and night has been cast out. And they have overcome him by the blood of the lamb and their word of their testimony. That testimony is not just Jesus saved me back in 1986. That testimony is they are able to overcome by the blood of the lamb that positioned them before the throne of God and their testimony of where they are living in that glory realm. The testimony of Jesus Christ being seen upon them, risen upon them, 
That's the testimony that they're going to bring into the Lord. They overcome the enemy by the blood which positioned them, but by the word of their testimony. What's the word of the testimony? The spirit of prophecy, the Lord Jesus Christ living in them, through them, and functioning as he did in a single body, now being filled in a multi-membered body. Hallelujah. So there's a displacement and a replacement. John on the island of Patmos is that first overcomer that comes into the place of, of, of before the Lord in the air to see and hear the secrets of the mystery of the kingdom. He takes that spiritual place. From that place, right, he's going to begin to see the condition of the church the way Jesus sees it. And he brings a present word to the church, the church age, at the end of the church age, the middle of the church age, the beginning of the church age, and at the beginning of the, the kingdom age, a word of change, excuse me, of repentance, change, and overcoming. Why? Because we're about to be positioned up here, come up here, so I can show you the things that are which to come. That's, and that's what, that is a reality of understanding and wisdom of knowing the thoughts and plans of God for your life that he wrote before you even formed, it says in the book of Psalms. God wrote your days and what he had for your life in a book before you were born. It is God's purpose to show you those secrets, their secrets and their mysteries. They're not ozone, ooh, secrets and mysteries. They're secrets and mysteries because of their unfolding plans that God has for you that you don't know. They're unfolding thoughts that you don't know for your life, for your ministry, for your family, for your children that must be revealed to you. That must be revealed in you. Why? So that he can order your steps, the steps of a righteous man. They are ordered of the Lord. This is what glory does. It brings you into that union and communion and fellowship with oneness with the Lord so that you can hear and see and function. And not only are we able to see and hear and function individually, now we're going to be able to see and hear and function corporately. That's why the divine convergences are so glorious, because it's at the convergences, this what I'm sharing with you becomes a reality. You see it. You experience it. We've never functioned together like that. If you want to know what that feels like, what it tastes like, come to New York, May 2nd through the 7th. Come to Schenectady. Put it on your calendar. You got time. Take the time off. Take vacation time. If you want to experience what that's like, to experience that individually, to get it personally, and then corporately in this new realm and this new wineskin, then please put it on your calendar and come. We're almost halfway full, filled up already. There's not too much more room left, so I hope you come. Now, I want to go back to Matthew 13 for a moment. Thank you, Lord. What God wants us to do is understand spiritual practicality. I call it spiritual practical. If you are, if you are not really seeking the Lord and seeking his presence, everything is practical and anything spiritual is going to be, uh, I don't want that. And then if you're ozone spiritual and all you want is the spiritual things and don't want it practical, then, then, then you can be flying out in the clouds and with those that are going off the deep end. I remember Brother Taylor saying, too much word you dry up, too much spirit you blow up. But when you get the right combination of the word and the spirit, you go up. That's what we want, the word and the spirit together, working together. And I hope that's what you're hearing. If you notice, I'm showing you in the scriptures these spiritual things. God is showing the word and is expounding it. He's teaching us what it means. He's showing us more and more, the deeper, the hidden manna. Thank you, Lord. 
How many of you want to eat that hidden manna? I know I do. Praise God. Now, Matthew 13. Thank you, Lord. Speaks of this to you. Who are the yous? Those are those that are his disciples, his friends, his overcomers. Those that are opening the door to their heart and say, Jesus, come in and sup with me. Because when he comes in to sup with you, as you feed him your pure worship, not just songs, but your life and worship, and you give the totality of your being to the Lord, when you give all that you are, all that you have, and all you ever will be to the Lord, and you allow him to work that in you, removing everything in you that 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 has to go so that you can that you can really do that. And that's what his work as Holy Spirit's come to do. To you, it's been given. See, to you, it has been given to know, to know. Man, I love that, to know. What's eternal life? To know the one true God in Jesus Christ whom he said, this is eternal life, that you might know the one true God. That know means intimate, like a man with a woman, a man and a wife, I mean. Their intimacy, of their physical intimacy, is to know God in spiritual intimacy like that. That close, that personal, as one with the Lord. To you, it's been, to you, it is given to know, to be one with me, to know one with my Father's heart, to be one with my Father's thoughts. To you, it's been given to know what His plans are, what His thoughts are for you, for your life, for your family, your church and ministry, and for the whole world. To you, it's been known. It has to be revealed to you and in you. You have to be in a place of revelation. It's interesting. We got 65 books in the Bible and we had to have one more, the 66th book. And what is that 66th book called? Hmm, the revelation of Jesus Christ. You would think after 65 books, we would know them pretty well, don't, wouldn't you? Why would we need a 65th book? Because the 66th book, the 66th book is the finishing work of God. The completed work of God. It tells us the last chapters of human history and where this world is going to be, the earth is going to be, where it's going to be done after the thousand years and when the enemies let out. And after that, it tells us the complete plan for God and shows us, the, you know, the hope of glory. Why do we need to know it? Because without it, we have no hope. Without it, we have no life. But they are done in mysteries. They're spoken in secrets and mysteries in a language that can only be heard by those that have an ear to hear and eyes to see and hearts that understand. Let's finish the scripture in Matthew chapter 13. So many of our precious brothers and sisters of Christ are still living in the church age understanding. And I'm not diminishing that. Thank God for all that we learn there baptizing the spirit there, our failures and mistakes, but the church age is a mixture of flesh and spirit. It's the best we want to give to God and the best God has, and it's mixed together, flesh and spirit. That's why he's standing in the church of Laodicea and said, I wish you were hot or cold, but you are neither. You're lukewarm and I'm about to spew you out of my mouth. And what is that lukewarm, what is that lukewarm heart? You say you are rich and you are in need of nothing more. That's what I hear coming from many today. And I pray that changes. They want to go back to the book of Acts and build the church as God did in the book of Acts. They want to go back and they're looking at a pattern that was, but they're not looking at the pattern that is and is to come. And that's where the mistake is going to come because they're going to build 
a pattern as as was because they cannot see that that God has changed days and those weapons of the warfare of that day, the tools that we used of that day will not be able to stand what's coming upon the earth. So we need a new understanding of our armor for today. We need a new understanding of our weapons for today that are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God says part of that weapons equipping station in Amos 9-11 says he's going to restore the tabernacle of David and build up its booth. Why? Because that tabernacle of David is where people came to meet the Lord 24 hours a day, 365. The place that David commanded that the Lord was continually ministered to. It was a place of coming individually and corporately to find the heart of God and to know the heart of God. When David went into war, he put on his Urim and his Thurm and he went into the tabernacle and he ministered to the heart of God to get God's instructions and plans of how to go to battle. God is restoring that, but the church age and church age ministers cannot see it. They want to continue with the set system. Six songs, five songs, set the, set the order of service, set the, make sure that you bring the message, everybody listens. You know, once in a while you have a guest speaker, you might have several guest speakers, you'll have a conference. We've done that. And I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm just saying they're yesterday. They're not today. God has moved and many have not moved with him. And there's a reason why they haven't moved. It's because this is all we have known. This is all we have done. This is working for the Lord. This is what we considered what ministry was. John sees the real ministry of the end times, doesn't he? He sees everything. God shows him everything of what the ministry is going to look like. And if you notice before any of those judgments are released, the first five chapters, which is grace, five is grace, God prepares an overcoming people for that which is going to be revealed after chapter six. The first five chapters deals with the church. It has nothing to do with any end time judgments because those first five chapters are a bridge out of the church age into the kingdom age so that we're ready so that this day will not come upon us unawares, that it won't overtake us like a thief in a night. Thank you, Lord. The church has got so focused on putting the needs of men before the needs of God that they've lost their first love. And when I bring that message to churches, I, I can see gnashing of teeth. That's why I don't get a lot of invitations to churches because this is so different to what they would hear. It would be a bomb in there. I understand it. It's not personal. And you know, maybe God is not wanting me to go there. He's sending me to those that have ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts that understand. And that may be small places like on this broadcast, it might be a home group, it might be at a convergence where God can bring people together to, to hear the word of the Lord. But he won't be just hearing it from me, he'll be hearing it from a multi-membered body of Christ. Hallelujah. I'm often, people say, if you just made these broadcasts a little shorter, we would stay and we'd watch it for 30 minutes. It would make my life a lot easier. <clears throat> That's not who God's sending me to. <coughs> There's plenty of messages like that. I'm being sent to a people who are hungry and thirsty for God that want to come together with me and the Lord together so we can hear what God is saying. I'm hearing this too. But to you, it has been given to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom. But to them, look it, it has not been given. So why does he have to speak to them in parables? Do you realize the things that I'm sharing, okay, 
it's like I'm quacking to most of the church. I'm like a duck. It's a loud noise that's irritating. Because the kingdom message is irritating to those that want to remain in the church age structure. To those that want more, they don't hear a quack. They hear a trumpet. The trumpet sound of the Lord. Those that don't want it, they're going to hear it like quacking. It's going to be noise to them. And they're going to be repelled by that noise, pushed away by that noise because it doesn't fit into their paradigm or their present paradigm. But to those that are in that paradigm that have ears to hear and eyes to see, this message is life. This message is life changing. This message of the kingdom is what they've been longing for and thirsting for. And it will ignite with them a deeper and a new passion for the Lord. And they'll come out from among them and separate themselves onto the Lord and be willing to be fashioned and molded and shaped into a kingdom of kings and priests unto God, overcomers like John. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want you to see something. This is really powerful. I'm reading out the Amplified Version, verse 12. We're talking about the arising sons of God. What I'm showing you is the position to become one. I hope that's helpful. The preparation to become one. What does God need from you? I hope you're hearing the spiritual practical steps of waiting upon the Lord, allowing the Lord to come in your heart and supping with him. And you feed him your worship. You feed him your life. You give him the totality of his being. You ask him and invite him to come in like refiner's fire and fuller soul and to remove everything that needs that's not of his kingdom out of your life. And then you give him, Lord, whatever I need to change, whatever you need to do, it doesn't matter. If I have to move to another state, if I have to, whatever, my job is not first. My family's not first. You're first. That doesn't mean we don't love our families. It just means above all, we love him. Remember what Jesus said? He said, if you love your mother, father, sister, brother more than me, you cannot be my disciple. He didn't say not love them, but our love for him in comparison to our love for our families would almost look like hatred because we don't love them that much. That means God, the love that belongs to the Lord is so much greater and must be given to him in a much greater way, you know, in comparison to, to, to loving our, our mother and father. The Lord should never be on the same, or your husband or wife be on the same level of love as your, your spouse. You love them the way Jesus loved them. But your love for God has to be first. Your devotion to him has to be first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He has to be our first love, not our second love, not equal love to my wife. I have to say I love God more than I love Donna. And I love Donna with every fiber of my being. So how much more do I love the Lord? Beyond that, beyond my human reason. I love her. There's not a thing I wouldn't do for her or my children. Or for you, I love you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. But in comparison to God, I have to love him more and deeper. He has to be first. And when he's first, I'm able to love you with that love that he loves me with. <laughs> I'm able to love my wife with a greater love, my children with a greater love, you with a greater love. Because it's his love filling my love together loving. Thank you, Lord. This is really important. We're talking about becoming a rising sons of God, Joel's army. These are the qualities. What you hear here are the qualities that God is developing within us now to become an army of the Lord, a wheel within a wheel. Right? I talk with my hands a lot. You also say that. I'm Italian. I can't help it. For whoever has, verse 12, spiritual knowledge, speaking to you, look what happens. 
to him will be given more. So why is there a desire for more? Isn't this powerful? How many say, I need more of God. I want more of God. Isn't that why we're on this broadcast? And if you notice, there's not thousands on this broadcast. There's a few. Many are called, few will pay the price to be qualified. So if I was looking for numbers, this is probably not the message that I would be preaching right now. But I'm not. I'm not looking to preach anything but what God gives me. And how many of you need more of the Lord? But look at, to you it has been given, remember, verse 11, to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom of God. To them it hasn't. For whoever has spiritual knowledge, he's speaking to his disciples, to him will more be given. Look at that. To more be given. Are you ready for the more? That's where he unfolds his thoughts and plans. Not only for today, but to prepare you for tomorrow. He wants us to be ready. He wants us equipped. And he wants us to be able to be released, to go to all the nations of the world, covered, surrounded, and filled with the glory so that it will be seen risen upon us. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. It says, to him will be more given. And this is the other part. I want you to see this in Amplified. And it will be furnished richly. It will be furnished richly so that he will have an abundance. Wow. And when I read that, I have read that scripture a thousand times. Well, not maybe a thousand, maybe a hundred times. I never heard it like I just heard it. This is so powerful. Please write it down. It's Revelation, excuse me, Matthew chapter 12, verse 12 in the Amplified. Notice it's 12, 12. That's because it's apostolic. 12 is apostolic. To, for whoever has spiritual knowledge, to him will more be given, and he will be furnished richly so that he will have an abundance. Wow. That's why we have to come out of the church age, out of the church age structure, and get the kingdom wineskin, the kingdom hard drive, the kingdom software, so that we can contain the kingdom new wine. You cannot put new wine in an old wineskin. Now, this scripture is beautiful, it's powerful. To me, it's revolutionary. It says, to him, whoever has spiritual knowledge, and he already told them the use, you will be given and be furnished, you will be given more, and more will be given to you. I want the more, don't you? I'm not seeking knowledge, I'm seeking God. I'm seeking his heart, I'm seeking his love, and in that is the knowledge and the glory of God. It says, the knowledge and the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth. So as we seek the face of God together, as we sup with the Lord and that marriage supping of the Lord, where we begin to see him as the king of glory, we begin to know him as the king of glory, as this kingly glory begins to fill us, we begin to rise up as warriors. We begin to walk in a kingly anointing because we've seen the king and when we see him, we're like him. And now kingly authority and power and dominion that comes from our royal priesthood begins to manifest in our lives, not by might, not by power, but by big spirit, but by the very operation of God in our life. It's not us trying to get knowledge. It's not us trying to get authority. It's not, not us trying to walk in dominion. We have knowledge because we have him. We have power because we have him and he has us. And we have power, uh, dominion, authority, because he has us. In the church age, we have Jesus. In the kingdom age, Jesus has us. That's the difference. In the church age, we have Jesus. In the kingdom age, Jesus has us. And when he has us, to you, more will be given because he has you. More will be given. Thank you, Lord. So that you'll be richly furnished and you'll have an abundance. 
Can I show you where that is in the Old Testament? I quote it all the time. Proverbs, I just look at that, I turned right to it. Wow. Proverbs chapter 8. That's just God. In verse 17, Proverbs 8, 17. Write this down. You're going to see this scripture of uh, Matthew chapter 12, 12 is revealed in Proverbs 7, Proverbs 8, verses 17 and 21. And 17 says, I love those who love me. Notice the condition, the supping. I love those that love me. So yes, he's looking for those that will really love him. You heard me tell the testimony. I was in, in San Marcos, California, and Aaron and I were about to do worship. And the Lord said, you're not doing it, let the kids do it. And though they didn't have any instruments, he said, let them worship me. So I asked the pastor, can we let the kids worship the Lord? And he said, yes, we can. So the Lord gave me a glory chaser that has, you know, you wave it, it's got streamers on it. To this young girl, her name was Elizabeth. She was 11 at the time. She's probably 23 by now. Um, and she took that glory chaser and she didn't know what to do. And all of a sudden streams kept coming down from her eyes. And this is what she said, Lord, what other words would you ever want to hear? But I love you. I love you so much. I love you. And when she said those words, God's glory came and filled that room. I fell on my face like a dead man. And those with me did. It, I could not move. I was apprehended by the Lord. And it, it, I, I don't have time to explain to you what happened from there. But it was an incredible movement of God's glory. Because why? I love them that love me. And look at what that love is. For those who seek me early and diligently shall find me to you. It has been given to you. It has been given to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom. Do you see why this love relationship, this marriage supping of the Lord is so critical? Because look what it has. It says, you shall find me. And when we see him, we will be like him. What do we find when we find him? Verse 21, look at this. That I may cause those who love me. Look at who's doing it. See the work here? That I may cause those who love me. Look at what they get. Look at what it says here in verse 21. To inherit true riches. And I will fill their treasuries. With what? The knowledge and the glory of the Lord. With his power, authority, and dominion. To take dominion and subdue the earth. As Adam and Eve were given that commission. And so he fills their treasuries. He fills their hearts with true riches. And isn't that what it says over here, going back to Matthew 12, 12? Look what it says. And for whoever has spiritual knowledge, it has been given to know the secrets. That's the riches. The secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. What is that secret and mysteries? May I wrap up today with this? It's Jeremiah 29 and 11. I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you. I know the goals, I know the works, I know the places of what you are that, that I made you to do and to become. Do you wanna know them? Do you wanna be everything that I created you to be? Because if you can seek that for your life and you want to know my plans and thoughts and you seek me for them and you wait till I reveal them to you, if you will do that for you, then I will trust you to show you the plans that I have for your wife and then for your children and then for your church, and then for your ministry, and then for your city, and then for your state, and then for your region. I will be able to trust you 
with those riches, those secrets and mysteries of knowing what I'm about to do on the entire planet. And how do we get that? The Bible says little by little, okay, personally, step by step, my family, line upon line, my church and ministry, and precept upon precept, your nation and the nations of the world. And all of that comes by an unfolding glory where God can fill you and fill you with his riches. I will cause them to have true riches and I will fill their treasuries. And here it is again, to him will be given more and it'll be furnished richly so that he will have abundant. That's what God is offering us as we enter into the kingdom age. This is what glory looks like. This is functioning glory. That's what I'm sharing with you. What glory functions, what it looks like, how it prepares you. It prepares you, it positions you to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, the secrets of the mysteries, so you know exactly what to do, exactly what to say. As I read from you from John chapter five yesterday, what glory was. Jesus said, I do nothing of my own accord and my own authority. But as the voice comes to me, I make my judgments and my judgment is right because I never consult my own will, my own aim or purpose. My only aim is to please the one that sent me. That is the position of glory so that the glory, which is being one with the Lord, knowing his heart, knowing his plans, knowing his purposes, Jesus walked in them. That's why there were people who died when Jesus was there. That's right. Joseph died. He had the power at any time to raise up uh, Joseph from the dead. He had the power to raise up everybody from the dead. He had the power to do whatever he was as God but he chose to be the son of man and never use it. Philippians chapter two says he laid all of that down to become the second Adam. He had that, he was tempted to be able to use that power outside of the father's will, but he did only the father's will. And you can see why that's really important because as a voice came to him, he only did exactly what he was told and what he was shown. He didn't presume. He didn't take the scriptures and say, you know what? I know Isaiah, uh, you know, 53, you know, I know it. I can go lay hands on the sick and, and do all those things. You notice he didn't do any of that until he was baptized at the right time. He got filled with the spirit. He went for 40 days and 40 nights filled with the spirit. He had overcome the temptation to use his own hands and use his own authority. And when he defeated Satan out of the desert, it says he came out in the power of the spirit. We get filled in the church age, but when if we allow this work to work in us and Jesus to bring that victory in our life, we come out into the kingdom age and the power of the ministry, the power of the spirit, ready for him to do his end time finishing ministry upon the earth. That is so glorious. Thank you, Lord. But let me close with this. Verse 12, but from, from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away from you. Even what you have will be taken away from you if you refuse. Where is that in the book of Revelation? Okay, let's go to Revelation chapter three and I'll probably end here today. Thank you, Lord. To the church, the assembly at Laodicea, these are the words of the amen, the trustworthy, faithful, true witness, the origin, the beginning, the author of God's creation. 
He's speaking to the last days church here. I know your record of works and what you are doing. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. What does that mean? To those that don't have, even what they have will be taken away from them. Listen to this. It says, but you say, I am rich. I prospered and grow wealthy and I have need of nothing more. That means you're rejecting the kingdom message. I need nothing more. You're saved, but you don't understand your condition is poor, blind, pitiable, and naked. And then he gives an admonition. Therefore, I counsel you to purchase from me gold tried by the fire, that you may be truly wealthy. I love them that love me, and those who seek me diligently shall find me. And to those that I love, I cause them to inherit true riches. Notice that the love relationship, our intimacy and our oneness with the Lord is what the Lord is looking for, to prepare a people with his glory. And it says, and uh, that, and, 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 whoops, and white clothes to clothe your, the shame of your nudity from being seen. In other words, they think they're mature, but what Jesus is describing is a state of a baby. They're naked. They have to have eyesight. What's the first thing that nurses do? The baby's eyes, they have to wipe their eyes. They have to put clothes on them, right? And they have to become dependent upon their parents for everything. That they think they're mature, but in truth, they're not. You're rich in need of nothing. And that's why this message is like quacking to them. I don't need this. I don't want this. But to those of you who do, Jesus is saying to you, I will show. I will give you the right. I will give you to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom. But to those who do not, even what they have will be taken away from them. And tomorrow we'll, we'll look at the why, but let me just finish out here what the Lord says. And then you need eyesight, eyesight for your eyes to see. And look at, I wanna close with Revelation chapter four, verses 19 through 22 out of the Amplified Version. This is where we're gonna end today. Those I dearly and tenderly love. Do you remember what Jesus said? The Father dearly, tenderly loves me. John chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. And he shows me all these things. He shows me, he shares with me all that he's doing. And he's going to show me even greater things so that you'll marvel. See? So to he, I dearly and tenderly love. I tell them their faults. Convict them. Convince them. And reprove them. I discipline and then I instruct them. That's what's missing. Even in the leaders, they don't want to hear this word of correction. They don't want to embrace the word of the new wineskin, or they want to take the new wineskin and fit it into their theology, or fit it into their existing churches and what they're doing, and it's just not going to work unless they allow God to change it and remove that heart of that religious Babylonian church system that's filled with mixture. It will not work. I pray that we get there, you know. But if they, if we don't, look at what it says, you know. It's not good. So be enthusiastic and be earnest and burning with zeal and repent, changing your mark, changing your heart and mind. Because in Revelation chapter two, he says, if you don't return to your first love, I'm going to remove my candlestick from you, the symbol of my presence. And if God takes that candlestick out of the church, the only thing that can be written over it is Ichabod. The glory of the Lord has departed. That's why this is so critical. 
So he says, he convicts, he corrects, and he reproves. And I discipline and instruct. That's what he's doing within his remnant. He's teaching us. Hopefully you have surrendered to that correction. You're allowing God to remove everything that you need from your life. And you're burning to repent because you love him so much. You know, you want to put off this corruptible to put on the incorruptible. And then he says, be earnest, repent. And then this scripture, we put it up on a frame. And we always taught in the church age that this word is to the lost. But this book, these chapters are not written to the lost. It's written to the church. Seven of them, the fullness of the church age. It says, behold, I stand. Where am I? At the door knock. Why? Why is Jesus on the outside? At the end of the church age, Jesus is standing outside trying to get back in. But he's not trying to get back in as the lamb. He's already there. He's knocking at that door as the king of glory, the lion of the tribe of Judah, as the alpha and the omega. So I stand at the door and knock in a brand new way for you to see me. And look what it says. He no longer talks to the churches. He's no longer speaking to the churches. He's speaking to you. He's speaking to me individually. And it says, it says, behold, I stand at the door knock. And if any man, see single, hears, listens, and heeds what? My voice. To you, it's been given to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom. To them, it is not. Right? I look at what it says. And opens the door. I will come in. Him. And eat with him. And he will eat with me. And a brand new, deeper, finishing fellowship of being married to him as a bride with a bridegroom. If you allow God to do that, look at the position of glory that God allows you to enter into as an overcomer. This is where John is. He sees all these things as a first overcomer. And listen, and let me close with these words. He who overcomes all that we just read in two and three and is victorious. I will grant him, again, you don't take it, to sit beside me on my throne. That's where John is brought. It's sitting is a place of, when a king sits down, it represents a place, a position of power and authority and might. I will give him the grant him to sit beside me on my throne as I myself overcame him victorious and sat down beside my father on his throne. And then it closes out with verse 22. And he who's able to hear, why do you speak to them in parables? Now you know why. He's hoping that through parables that they will be hungry for the more. But unfortunately, they weren't. And when he asked the question, right? When they asked the question to him, he doesn't direct the answer right away to that question. He says, but to you, it's been given to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom. I want you to understand that our relationship is so valuable and important and what I'm doing with you and you're doing with me is how I give you and I will share with you the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom of God for your life, for your family, for your churches, your ministry, and for the world. That's what he's offering them. But to them, I speak in parables. So he who's able to hear and listen to him and heed what the Holy Spirit says to the church, but that will be given. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you this morning for this present word. 
It's burning in me, Lord. Though I've heard it before, in some ways, I've never heard it like I have today, Lord. Nor has it been burned in me like it has today, Lord. It's deeper than even where it was before. And Lord, I say today, the deep in me cries out for the deep in you. Even to the noise of the water spouts and let your, the billows of your water come over us today, Lord. Lord, we are thirsty for you. We are hungry for you, Lord. We desire to be used and not of them. People you can trust. People that will be able to know the secrets and the mysteries of your kingdom of what you have for our lives. For our wives, our husbands, our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. For our assemblies, for our cities, for our state and for nations. That this day will not come upon us unawares, Lord. Or come upon us like a thief in the night, but that we would be propelled. We'd be prepared, positioned to be propelled, filled, surrounded with your parousia glory, Lord. So that we would arise and shine. For you, Jesus, the King of glory, have come. And that your glory would be seen, risen upon us. That's our prayer, God, so that the world would see you and know you. And see your glory and see your kingdom. And together with you, Lord. As, we, as you reveal your end time plans that the kingdoms of this world would become the kingdoms of you, our Lord in Christ. And that you prepare us for this millennial reign with you, Jesus, as overcomers. That would sing the new song, God, of the overcomers. That you've called us and chosen us out of every tribe and every nation. And you purchase us with your own blood. And you have formed us. And you're forming us into a kingdom of priests and kings unto God. Where we will rule and reign with you forever and ever. That's our cry today, God. So we cry that you would finish us, Lord. That you would complete us, Lord. That you would send your fire today, God, to finish us. Let your fire come of your kingdom glory, Lord. Fill us with the very fire of your kingdom, God. Baptize us with a fresh fire of your glory, God. Fill us, God, so that every spot and every blemish and every wrinkle is burnt up, God. That we would be holy, separated, consecrated, which is our reasonable worship to you, God. Lord, we pray today for strengthening and equipping and empowering, God, a releasing from heaven, God, that would so transform us and change us, God. What was impossible with man, let it become possible with you. What we thought could never be changed in us, let it be changed in us today, God. By your glory, by your power, by your spirit. And we pray this for our wives, our, those, those wives that have husbands, for our children and our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, for our brothers, sisters, mothers, and fathers, God, that they would behold your glory, that the assembly of your believers would come out of the church age, God, and begin to see your glory, want your glory, want the more of you, God. And Lord, that you would form us into a wheel within a wheel a royal priest and a holy nation. We say yes to it, God. We say yes to it, God. We don't have to understand it. We just say yes, we want it, Lord. And we trust you to do it within us today, God. Oh God, we hunger for you. We thirst for you today. We bless you. We praise you, God. Lord, I pray such a release, such a strengthening to my brothers, my sisters, to my life, to my wife, to my family, to their family. I pray such a release, such an impartation, God, that this word would become flesh within us. Let it become our life experience, oh God. Lord, we love you and we trust you. And we cling to you because we know we cannot finish ourselves. We cannot change one thing, God. But through our God, we can do valiantly. 
And we declare today that I, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. Reveal and manifest your kingdom in us, Lord. Manifest your kingdom in its glory, its power, dominion, authority. And whatever you need to do, do it, Lord to prepare us as overcomers to sit down with you on your throne, even as you sat down on your father's throne. We say yes to it, Lord. We say yes to it, Lord. We say yes, Lord. We say yes to you, Lord. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. Be it on to me, even as you've spoken, oh God. Be it on to us today, God, even as you've spoken. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. You who can do exceedingly above all that would even think or ask God. Your hand is not too short and you have not lost your power. I believe we are a finished people, that we have entered into your third day finishing work and you will you have completed us to become full-grown sons and daughters, manifesting your glory and your presence that this world will see you. They will know that you love us as you, that the Father loves Jesus. And then the, they will know that we are your, your disciples by the love that we have for one another. It's not by the signs and wonders and miracles, but they're going to know, know that we are your disciples by the love. Fill us with that pure, holy love. Let it burn. Let it burn, Lord. Let your burning presence, your burning love fill us in a new and deeper measure today, God. Lord, we cry out for that deeper measure of your pure, holy love to burn in us today, burning up everything that's not like you for it, for it, for it. But this purpose has the Son of God be made manifested within us to destroy every single work of the devil in us, around us, in our families, in our homes, and on the earth. Lord, we trust you. Lord, we bless you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, glory and honor, glory and honor and power. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We love you. We adore you. And we give our days to you, Lord, all the days of our life, all that we are, all that we have, and all that we ever will be is yours. We give you that totality of our being once again today, Lord. And we open up the door of our heart and we say, King Jesus, King of glory, come in, come in. We welcome you again today, God. And Lord, that you would reveal to us your heart and grow us to become one with you. And in that, we would know the secrets and the mysteries of your unfolding plans and thoughts that you have for us. And we know, Lord, therefore, our well-being and for good and not evil. And that we will have hope in our final outcome. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. To God be all the glory. I hope this was a blessing to you. If it was just for me, that's fine. But I hope it was for you too. Because I know God really did something deeper in my heart. And I hope he did that in yours as well. Thank you. And then if you could just put down, if you could just type in the link for the, uh, um, for the, uh, you may be already doing that. If you could put the link in for the uh, convergence. And then, uh, you know, and, and, and our PayPal link, that would be, oh, you already did that already. Put our, put our, put my, 
my email on there. I want to invite you to New York. Personally, I'm going to do a broadcast. I'm going to do a like a little work, and um, uh, I, um, time is uh, you know I forgot what it's called. Um, and what, what what did I title it before I forgot? Live at five. That's what it was. Live at five. I'm going to be doing one to talk about this convergence, just personally to invite you. So you guys are getting a preliminary invitation. If if you can get to Schenectady, New York, May second through the seventh. Please come. You will experience what I'm sharing with you. I promise you. Those I'm going to be doing video. We're going to do two nights a week about these um, divine convergences with people who have come, so that you can hear what God has done in their life and what to expect. So if you've already registered, we're going to do a Zoom meeting, not on not live, a Zoom meeting for them to share personally how to prepare for a convergence. You know, and there is a preparation. That can really help you to be to receive all that the Lord has for you. And then on Tuesday nights and eventually Tuesdays and Thursday nights live, um, we're gonna we're gonna be sharing about this upcoming convergence, and people will testify of how God has changed their life, and that will be very powerful. So I hope that if there's any way you can get disconnected in May second through the seventh, okay, it would be well worth coming for, well worth taking the time off. Now I don't know how many hotel rooms we have. A uh, we have a block of rooms that you get a discounted hotel rate with breakfast included. So you might want to register. You have 48 hours to cancel it. So you know I would reserve a room if you have any inkling to come. Reserve your room now and register online. We're halfway to capacity already. So if you think you're going to come, register. Get your name on there. Even if you're coming for one day or two days, you got to register. And if you're not registered, you can't come in. And that's not. That's what the Lord told me. I'm not trying to discount out anybody from coming but it's like the wise virgins have to come in and then the door shuts and that's why this is by invitation only it's not you know i'm not trying to go out there and bring in the masses of people this is not because i'm not trying to do anything i'm not i'm going there because ask god asked me to come and meet him there as the breath of life i don't even know what that's going to look like or what he's going to do but i know we're going to see him and the breath of life that he is will be revealed in us and it will change us and prepare us for, for that which is to come. There's no agenda. There's no guest speakers. It's just the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as the guest speakers ministering through his multi-membered body. And the agenda is seeking his face. And whatever the Lord wants to do out of that, that's his business. He just said, come and meet me there. That's all I'm doing. You know, I'm not going out there to try to get all the pastors to come or invite anybody to come. Nope. God, this is God's. He's told me to come there. He will bring those. I'll use it. I'll do our Facebook as he shows me to use it to invite people. There's a couple of pastors that I know that would want to come. I may speak to them about it. But other than that, we're just going to be with the Lord, to meet him there for whatever he wants to do for Schenectady, for New York, and for our nation, and for the Northeast. So I hope you come. It will be well worth it. Amen. Well, that's it for today. God bless you. I hope this was a blessing to you. Would you do something? Would you make sure that you subscribe to this channel? If you're on YouTube, please subscribe. Hit the like button and share this with others. Okay. The finished version will always be on the YouTube. On Facebook, the raw version is there. So I, I try to direct people because Aaron, you know, will go later on and put, you know, put on the uh, all the stuff that we need to put on the beginning and the end and that, that kind of stuff. He'll fix it up. Of course, you can bring him to the Facebook page too. Okay. But the YouTube page will have the final 
kind of draft, if you want to call it, on there. So please share it with any with others. If you can do a block party on Facebook, and maybe there's those that might want to come, do a block party. This way, the message of the kingdom can get to those that God would intend it to give to. All right? And I just want to thank all of you that have been praying for us and encouraging us. And those of you, okay, that have been touched by the Lord to give financial blessings to help Donna and I to live as missionaries and also to be able to go to this, to, like to New York, we appreciate that so very much. Thank you. And people ask me, okay, and they watch for can how can we bless you? Can we want to give financially? So we put it up there. You don't have to give anything, it's free, okay? But God, if he touches your heart and you want to, that's how you do it. All right. Well, we love you all. Have a blessed day. We'll talk to you next Monday. This is it for this week. So we'll see you Monday, same time, same station. Love you all. And keep looking for that uh, live at five because I'm going to be sharing a little bit about the convergence. All right. Bye-bye, everyone.